Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode, episode 10. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, what's up, buddy? How's it going? Going well, Josh. Going well. Just had to go back to Louisiana, you know, to pack some stuff. And the humidity there is ridiculous. Do not miss living in the humidity of Louisiana. Uh, But other than that, a good week, man. All right. Well, as usual, we're going to start by drawing your attention to a few of the jobs we have posted at globalenergymedia.com slash jobs. Uh, Check that uh, earlier, just a few minutes ago. We had 18 jobs posted there. Uh, again, that is globalenergymedia.com slash jobs. Uh, go and check it out. If you have any questions or if you have any interest, uh, send either Ryan or myself an uh, email, and we will get back to you as soon as we can. Jumping right into a few of the articles we have today, last week we mentioned a House bill, 1818, that was uh, in the process of being negotiated and they were trying to get it to pass and uh, we have someone from the environmentalist perspective uh, article that I picked up on the Observer and uh, just kind of gives us a little bit of clarity on how this bill is being viewed. Uh, First, the the title of the article is After Eight-Year Battle Over Reforming the Railroad Commission, Oil and Gas Industry Wins. And uh, the gist of the article is that uh, these folks were trying to create some more stringent laws and regulations for the oil and gas pipelines and and such and what happened is every so often the the people that were trying to pass these bills would backpedal and they would ask for less and they would compromise and compromise and as you read through the article what we're seeing here is after 10 years of this trying to pass some of this uh, the, the the bill ends up being watered down to the point where the environmentalists see this as a huge win for the Texas oil and gas industry. So that was a gist of the of the article. Huge win for the oil and gas is how the environmentalists are seeing it. Not necessarily the case. Ryan, what do you think about some of this uh, with the oil and gas industry, the regulations that they're trying to put in place? Um, what was your takeaway from this article? Well, Josh, I think the biggest thing here is, um, as always, what does it mean? You know, and the Texas Railroad Commission, I think, does a good job. Obviously, there are environmentalists who think, no, they could do more. And maybe that's true, maybe it's not. I don't, you know, no one is sitting here studying the Railroad Commission on every single thing they do, um, unless you have an agenda to figure out if they're doing a good job or not. And anytime we bring in politics, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat or an independent, it doesn't matter. We all see the world a certain way. And so um, this committee, um, the Sunset, uh, I think it's the Sunset Committee. I can't remember the exact name of them. You know, their job is to come in and evaluate stuff. And, you know, they all have criteria on what they think is important and how do you measure stuff. So uh, this, this is going to happen again. They're going to come back to it and they're going to review it. It's not something that's over. It's over for now. And then they'll review it again here in a few years and, and we'll go from there. So uh, I don't know if it's a win or a loss for anyone. Um, any, anytime the environmental says it's a win for the uh, – you know, for the oil and gas companies, you go, okay, well, what did they win? Because you guys are going to come back and try to get them again. So uh, maybe a short-term win. We'll see how it plays out long-term. But no, I, I think this is kind of went where, where we thought it was going. You know, Josh, I don't really think this is a shocker here. All right. Well, moving right along to our next article. This one is Texas oil storage tank fire forces evacuation. Nobody hurt. So we had a 
fire, a tanker uh, caught on fire in the Houston area. And it says that uh, evacu- they evacuated about 100 homes from the area. The city, uh, Beach City, is a town of about 2,500. So it says nobody was hurt. The Chamber, Chambers County Sheriff's Office says the fire broke out around 4.30 a.m. Friday. That would be last Friday. At an oil storage complex near Beach City, about 30 miles east of Houston. So they're trying to figure out what happened. Uh, the best guess now is that lightning struck one of the tanks. So um, interesting, interesting story that came out last week uh, after we've actually did our show. So uh, something that we wanted to include in here. Yeah, I'll just hop in there real quick, Josh. You know, we're just not, not a lot to say here, obviously. Um, they don't really know what caused it, but just glad everyone's okay. All right, well, moving on to uh, a final article that we're going to take a look at today. The Chris Home Energy Holdings announces acquisition in the Permian Basin. Uh, so, again, we're about, to, we're about to draw your attention to a new startup company, Chris Home Energy Holdings, LLC. Um, it is closed on an acquisition of its very first asset located in the New Mexico region of the Delaware Basin. So they're, they're headquartered out of Fort Worth, and uh, right now they're focused on making some plays in the Delaware Basin. They're backed by a $500 million line of equity from the Warburg Pincus, a global, inter- a global equity firm focused on growth investing. So uh, they have a CEO, Mark Whitley, that has some experience with that company that's backing them. And he's coming in trying to help them make some plays in the Delaware Basin. Yeah, Josh, let me just hop in there real quick. A um, couple things to note. Um, obviously, this is the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, but the Permian goes into, you know, like you said, the, the Delaware Basin. And this is the New Mexico region of the Delaware Basin. Uh, other thing, I think it's actually Chisholm or Chislam, not Chrisholm. I don't, I don't maybe, maybe you found a pronunciation somewhere, but there's no, I don't, I don't see the R there, so I've got to. Kind of poke you a little bit there, but I think it's Chislam or Chisholm, maybe. Um, but yeah, good, exciting stuff. Um, if you're here in Fort Worth, like I am, or just outside of Fort Worth, like I am, rather, um, hey, business development opportunity, go up, see them, see if they need some kind of service that you offer. And if you're in the Delaware Basin, be looking for the rigs to be coming out there and uh, staking some whales. All right, we have two articles uh, that we're going to uh, put in the show notes. I'm just going to mention them briefly. The first one uh, is Oil and Gas Stock Roundup. Exxon's petrochem plant by Wild Horse's Eagle Fruit acquisition and more. Uh, Wild Horse Resource struck a deal to acquire some Eagle Fruit acreage for $625 million. Um, a little bit of things revolving around some Texas acquisitions. Exxon Mobil Corp, in this article, it mentions that they purchased a massive uh, plant over in Singapore. The, the, the plant cost $2.4 billion to build, so we don't know what they bought it for. Um, this article has a lot of stuff, not necessarily focused on the Texas oil and gas market. So we're just going to put it in the show notes. Uh, I recommend you take a look at it. If you're in the industry, there's a lot of interesting things that they, that they discuss here. Some news that, uh, summarizes some of the things that have been going on BP. Uh, we mentioned some Climerex, uh, I think either last week or the week before, but a good article overall is NASDAQ. And, uh, if you got a few minutes, it's worth taking a look at. And uh, one more that we're going to put in the show notes is Oil and Gas 360, uh, Permian Effective Rig Count 1,109. Uh, we do the rig count at the end of each show every week, so we don't want to spend too much time on this. But there's some interesting t- statistics. If you want to get uh, a view of more than the two primary basins, we do the Eagleford and the Permian every week. Uh, they give you a little bit of a bird's eye view of several different basins and some more information um, kind of 
going back more than a single year. We, we look at year over year, so we haven't looked at 2015 or 2014 to compare anything. So this is a little bit more information, a little more in-depth. And if you want to take a look at it, feel free to uh, check the show notes. We'll, we'll link this there, and you can go and take a look at it. Now, as always, we always finish up with a look at the rig count, as, uh, as we just mentioned. And uh, checked it this morning. And the rig count is up eight from last week. Uh, this time last year, we were up we were up 479 from this time last year. The Permian is at a total of 357, and the Eagleford is at 83. So uh, continuing to increase in production, and uh, things are looking pretty good, I think. Uh, Ryan, anything you wanted to add? No, not really, Josh. I think we've covered everything. Short episode today. Sorry, guys. We have had a lot of crazy stuff going on this week. Um, and so, heck, couldn't get a full, normal, length podcast out, but we did the best we could. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and we'd love to hear some feedback. We've gotten feedback from several listeners, and uh, we'd love to hear some more. And next week, we should be back to our normal length show. And until next time, keep climbing. <laughs>